Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Back in April on a Sunday night, I ministered um, along this line. I just want to pick up a few things here. First Peter chapter 5, in the 8th verse, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And so we were talking about uh, fighting the good fight of faith. We'll read that scripture in just a minute. But we have an adversary that's against us. But how many know it's good to know that we can resist him, and when we resist him, we stop him in his tracks, right? Go through to Ephesians, the 6th chapter. Ephesians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Just some verses that we read, like I said, back in April. In the 10th verse, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And the NSAB says our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. How many know that there's a, like I said, there's an enemy against us and and we have to fight a fight. I think last, last time we talked about get in the fight. And if you're not fighting, then, then you're, you're, you're actually losing ground because the enemy's always assaulting. He's always after your, your mind. He's always after what you believe. He's always there to, you know, the scripture talks about the word when it's planted into, into, into our hearts that the enemy comes when to take the word. It comes immediately. And so the enemy's always after the things that we hear. He's always trying to cause us to lose ground, but we've got to stand our ground, right? And put up a resistance to him and fight him. And then first Timothy chapter six, it says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It's a good fight that we're in. I, I'm always reminded when I read that scripture, I always think of Brother Hagin, you know. It's a good fight because you know it's a good fight when you win, right? Any fight that you've already won, it's a good fight. It's rigged in our favor. But I mean, no, we do have to fight the fight. Just because Jesus secured the victory doesn't mean we'll experience it if you don't do your part and stand your ground. The enemy, the enemy is well aware of what happened. Trust me, that's a day that is forever imprinted on his memory is the day Jesus was raised from the dead. That's a day he will never forget. But he wants to know, do you know what happened? How real is what happened to you? Because if you're not aware, then he'll continue to try to push you around. But he's got no right to do that if we'll stand our ground. Amen? And so uh, we've got to know the source of our opposition. We talked about this, knowing the source of your opposition, that people aren't your problem. The enemy's our problem. And, uh, you know, it's easy, especially in the climate we live in today, uh, to think that people are our problem. You know, and really, the enemy's working very hard to get people opposed and to one another in opposition to one another because uh, a, a house divided against itself can't stand. And so he knows that if a nation divided itself can't stand. Any group of people against them warring with one another, that it's just an entrance and inroad for the enemy. So we've got to make sure that we take our place. You know, one of the main places to take our stand is in the area of prayer on these things. You know, we're a praying church. It's something that God has called us to, and it's one of the, uh, uh, the mandates that's on us as a church. And I'd encourage you, if you're not getting involved in that, you know, we have Monday night prayer, but also just prayer on your own. We have groups that meet, you know, at different times. Uh, get involved in, in the area of prayer. It's important because uh, it's something he's called us to do, and, and we've got to pray about these things. 
You know, I know Pastor talked about the story, you know, back in the, in the 60s, I guess it was, or 70s, maybe it was this early 70s when Richard Nixon, uh, you know, was, was uh, uh, resigned, you know, and, and he was standing there and said, you know, can you imagine how did this happen? And the Holy Spirit on the inside said, yeah, it's, and it's the church's fault and uh, what had happened to him and happened to our nation at that time. Well, you know, the enemy's trying to do things in our nation, but he's powerless if we'll stand our ground. He's powerless if we'll do what, we, what he's told us to do. But how many know that when you start doing that, it doesn't just look like that right away. You've got to continue fighting, you know. I almost say a little prayer, a little, a little bless the nation, Lord, a little bless the people, Lord, and, and you know, wave my hand a little bit, and that'll just take care of it. No, you've got you've to get in there, and sometimes you've got to roll up your sleeves and, uh, and, and be willing to stay as long as it takes. You know, the devil knows that when he sees you mean business, that's when you start meaning business. <laughs> when he knows you mean business, that's when you start having effect in what you're doing. And so, you know, we've got to resist the enemy. People are not our problem. I encourage you, you know, don't let the culture and the climate of this world affect how you see things. Don't let it affect how you approach people. Don't let it affect how you uh, view things. But listen, people are not our problem. People are the ones we're here to rescue. Amen. They're the ones that Jesus died for. And so we want to make sure that we keep our perspective right. But, you know, there's a lot of people that think that, that God's their problem, that God's trying to teach them something, and it really is a bunch of garbage. Uh, John 10.10 10 says, A thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And you've got to know that in your own life because if anything shows up that's not good, if anything shows up that's stealing, killing, or destroying, you know right away who it's coming from. And, you know, the, the quicker you are to recognize it is the quicker you are to get rid of it. You know, I've noticed this in my own life, things that I've been slow to respond to, all I'm doing is giving them time to get entrenched and, and to gain root and to, and to make themselves at home. And, and, you know, the quicker you are to recognize these things, the quicker you can put them on the run. And uh, so keeping that uh, alive and anything that's stealing, killing, and destroying, you got to recognize it for what it is and jump on it, right? And then in Ephesians, uh, this, go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Like I said, last time we talked about uh, take up the, or get into the fight, verse 13 says to take up the whole armor of God. And so we've got to be uh, conscious in our fighting. We've got to be conscious in our stand against the enemy and be purposeful in what we're doing. Amen. So tonight I want to look at something uh, a little bit. One of the areas that in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about uh, standing against the wiles or the uh, schemes of the enemy. And it kind of somewhat ties into what Brother Steve ministered on last week, but I want to talk a little bit about fake news tonight. And it's a, it's a phrase, you know, that's been uh, popularized. I don't think until the last few years, uh, uh, the word fake news, I don't think that was really used very often. But now fake news is everywhere. But, you know, the enemy is the king of the fake news. And uh, back whenever first, you know, was praying about this and, and the Lord put that phrase, you know, things to resist would be fake news. It reminded me of that, about that. You know, we've got to be aware that the enemy is a liar, and uh, uh, John chapter 8, you can look at it, John the 8th chapter. This has always uh, uh, kind of amused me a little bit, but uh, John the 8th chapter. The 44th verse. Oh, Jesus was just always so loving and so wonderful. Well, didn't sound like it right here, but uh, in the 44th verse, 
he was addressing um, some folks that were uh, questioning himself, questioning God. And he said, for you of your father, the devil. <laughs> Not necessarily, you know, the, uh, you wouldn't find that a Hallmark card. Uh, but, uh, but it was the truth because he said it, right? He said, you're of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. You know, there's an old saying, you know, about somebody who has a problem in this area of telling the truth. How do you know so-and-so is lying? Their mouth is moving. Have you ever heard that before? Well, how do you know the devil's lying? His mouth is moving. He's the father of lies. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. He doesn't know anything but lie. And the fact is that if the devil says something, you know it can't be right. It can't be, there can't be any truth in it because there's no truth in him. No matter how good it sounds or how convincing it sounds, he is a liar, but he is smart and he is very clever. He is a deceiver. And so we've got to recognize what's truth and what's not. And there's a lot of fake news that's out there. There's a scripture says there's many voices in the world. I think that the King James says there's many voices and none without significance. And the enemy has many voices that he wants to send our way and things that he wants to say. Uh, but, you know, we've got to be on alert to make sure that we don't fall for fake news. Because fake news can cause you to, to settle for less than what God's provided for you. And in the fight of faith, fake news is the number one thing the enemy brings. Well, when it came to Adam and Eve, what did he do? He brought fake news to them. He said, has, you know, he began to question what does the Lord, what has the Lord said? And the day you eat it, you surely you won't die. What was he doing? He was giving fake news. And so it's important that we recognize these things. And uh, the enemy's not, uh, he, he's, he is clever, uh, but, but he's also persistent. And the same things he's done in the past, he wants to do today. So we need to recognize these things. I want to go back to uh, Numbers, the 13th chapter, and uh, look at just a couple of things. Um, uh, the book of Numbers, you know, we've got the account uh, here in Numbers 13 of the children of Israel um, going into the promised land or, or supposed to go into the promised land. Um, I had a note up here and it must have fallen. What happened? Oh, there it is. But Numbers chapter 13, uh, like I said, the account here of the uh, children of Israel. And, um, you know, if you, if you never read your Old Testament, if you never look at it, how I many know we live out of the New Testament? We're under the New Covenant. But the Old Testament is given for an example to us. And, and we're to look at these things as uh, 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 types and shadows, but also examples. And, and actually, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 said that specifically these things are given for that, for our, for our example. And um, we've got a great example here of fake news and how these things work. So I just want to look at this. In, in the 13th chapter, in verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, or came to Moses, spoke to Moses, saying, Send, the, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Notice, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. So he right up front tells them what's theirs. I'm giving them to the children of Israel. I've noticed this. God is not always a, a, a being of many words, but what he says he means. And uh, he just said, I'm giving it to them. And uh, he didn't need to say anything else because he gave, us, he, he gave them real news, right? And uh, from, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the uh, command of the Lord. And all the men who were the heads of the children of Israel, it goes on to list all the different ones that were listed here that went out. In verse uh, 17, then Moses sent them, sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. 
You know, it's interesting. I've oftentimes, I've, 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 when I've read this account, I've just kind of wondered, you know, uh, the Lord told him it belonged to him. He told him when he brought him out of Egypt, he would bring him into a land that flows with milk and honey. He told him that what he was going to do is going to be a good land. And he'd already told them this. And, and he said here in, in the first or the second verse that he's giving them the land. Why did he send spies into the land to go check it out first? You know, I think sometimes people think uh, uh, if we're going to walk by faith, walking by faith is the absence of opposition. Walking by faith is the absence of, uh, of seeing anything or being confronted with anything contrary. God knew who was in the land. He knew who was living there, but he still sent them out there. Faith really is making a choice what you're going to believe and what you're going to focus on. He was sending them out. Now, he had just spent time showing them his faithfulness over and over and over and over. And, you know, we've talked about this before in times past. All of these things that the Lord allows us to conquer... Some people say allows us to go through with a, has a hint of defeat in it. No, there's no defeat in it because he doesn't intend for you to be defeated. He, the things he allows you to conquer is to learn the faithfulness of God and to learn and to grow in these things because what you're battling today, what you're conquering today won't even be a fight tomorrow. And, and for the children of Israel, they should have learned some things. When he parted the Red Sea, when he came, made water come, uh, came out, come out of the rock, when he rained manna down, all these things that he did for them over the course of their time, uh, when they came to the, to, the, to, to the promised land here, no matter what they saw, they should have been well convinced that no matter what they saw, they'd be fine. But how I many know the devil's still going to put out fake news? He's still going to present an image, present something that's contrary to what God has said. And the choice has still got to be made. What are you going to listen to? And today, that's really where many of us are at in, in different areas that we're standing and believing God for. We know the promises of God. We've heard these things. We've heard them. We've heard them and, and even seen the faithfulness of God in the past. I'm sure you're like me. You've experienced God's goodness in an area, and you think, man, I've got it. And then a little while later, you're confronted with something similar, and what's the temptation to do? Well, I know what God did, but... This is a new one, and you, what do you start doing? You begin to, you, you, there's a tendency there, if you're not careful, to try to look at this. So this is something different, something new. Does God still have an answer for me? Well, how many know he still does? Well, the children of Israel, you know, they sent the spies out to see what the land was, and God was looking for faith out of them. He was looking for them for faith. They were going to take the land. He had promised it to them. It was theirs, but they still had to do something. And he was looking for a response of faith. He said, uh, uh, send them out into the, into the south of the mountains. Verse 18, see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is a good or bad land, which they should know it's already a good land. Whether the cities they inhabit are, are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, uh, now the time was a season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin and on these other places, went up through verse 22, came to the south of Hebron, all the other places they went. Verse 23, they came to the valley of Eshol, cut down the, uh, a branch of one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of their, uh, on a pole, and they brought some of the pomegranates and figs, the place of the valley of Eshol. Uh, they called it the valley of Eshol because of the cluster, of the, which means cut, cut down there, the men which because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. Verse 25, when they returned from spying out the land after, after 40 days, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Pran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told, then they told him, 
and said, we went into the land where you sent us. It truly fill, flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who, who are in the land or dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. Now, up until this point, they're just giving a report. And there's nothing wrong with us acknowledging things that we come up against and, and, mention, and being aware of what we're facing. Sometimes people think if you're going to live by faith, it means you have to be in denial of, of what the opposition is. That's not what it said. He let them go in and see what was, what was against them. But really, they didn't get into trouble, so they started interpreting what they saw, the news they were receiving. They got into trouble when they started taking that in opposition to what God had said. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. So Caleb, right away, he silenced the people and says, let us go up right now. See, that's the response of faith. That's the response of faith. That's the response no matter what you see is, is a response of we are well able. If the Lord has promised us anything, you know you're well able to take it. No matter what's going on, if God has promised you, you know it belongs to you and you know that it's yours, right? He said we're well able to go up and take it, but the men, verse 31, who had gone up with him were not able, they said we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. This is when they started getting into trouble. Up until this point, they weren't, there were no issues there. This is when they got in, into trouble. Anytime when we see something causes us to say but, in contradiction to what God's word has said, you're in a danger zone, right? And so he said, but we're not able. They're, they're stronger than us. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. It's, it's interesting that bad reports always cause you to twist the truth. A bad report, a, a fake news always makes what you see worse than what it really is. It's something about the enemy. He is a magnifier of things that are against what God has said. He makes them bigger than what they are. The minute we yield to them, our perspective begins to change. He says that it's a land that devours its inhabitants. We just read all the different ites and Hittites and Jebusites, all these people that lived in the land. Obviously, the land was not devouring them. But what they saw, the report they believed, caused them to start making connections that weren't there. And so they said, uh, uh, there, it's a land that devours its, its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch came from the giants. And notice we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight, which was absolutely not true. We read later, you know, when they finally went in, that, that, the, that the people, the inhabitants there were scared to death of them, were terrified of them, but fake news caused them to believe something that wasn't true. I would ask you, what fake news is causing you to believe about your situation? What has the enemy said? What lies has he brought your way? What is it causing you to latch a hold of? What but has it brought up in your life? Because that's what the enemy's goal is. It is to cause you to question what God has said to you. It's interesting in verse, in, in verse chapter 14, verse 1, it said, All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried out, and all the people wept that night. Fake news brings a sense of dread and panic. You know, fake news, if we yield to it, will cause there is confidence in faith. Faith has confidence attached to it. There's rest and there's a confidence to it. 
And when you, you, can, you can begin to learn to recognize when fake news, what it is, sometimes, we don't, we, sometimes we're not, maybe not aware of what's not true, but when it brings a response of dread and fear in our lives, you know that's not coming from God. And in this case, it caused them, their report, at this point, the children of Israel still had not disobeyed God. They still had a choice to make. But because of that, they, they cried the whole night. They lifted up their voice. They were, they were in, in fear about what was going on. There is a spirit behind fake news that we have to resist. It's a spirit of fear. Fear is really uh, uh, just confidence in the ability of the enemy is what it is. And it's, it's a spiritual force that we've got to be aware of. It is a, a, a strategy of the enemy to bring a spirit of fear because it causes us to see things in an inaccurate way. But it comes from a result of fake news and hearing something or taking something as truth that isn't. Our faith is based upon what? What's our faith based upon? The word, what we hear, the things that we receive into our lives. Well, you know, fear is the same thing. It's just faith in the wrong direction. And so it's fake news. It goes against God, but it's something that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We've got to resist ourselves, resist against that says that the children of Israel wept that night. All the children of Israel uh, 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 complained against Moses and Aaron. And of course, there's always complaining attached to it. And the whole congregation said to them, if we'd only died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Fake news causes us to begin to see things in an inaccurate way. You know, when they were in Egypt, that was not the promised land. Wasn't even close to the promised land. But fake news will cause you to get your eyes off on the wrong, and begin to look at things in the wrong way. Anytime somebody has got a perspective that's twisted, I know they've been listening to the wrong thing. Anytime you've got a perspective of, of doom and gloom and dread, you've been listening to the wrong thing, right? And it's important we recognize that in our own lives and recognize that in our own, in our own hearts and the things that are coming out of our mouth, right? But it says here that, that they begin to, to, to wish for the days of being back in, in Egypt. Verse 3 and, and why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the four sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us elect a leader and return to Egypt. Verse five, then Moses and Aaron fell uh, uh, on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jebethun, who, had, who were among those spies, and tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the children, congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. They were reminding them of the report of the Lord, what God has said. Verse 8, if the Lord delights in us, of course, say, obviously he did, then he will bring us into this land, and he will give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. You know, one thing I've noticed, that if you're sensitive, even when the, when the enemy brings a bad report, God will always bring a good report. If you're sensitive, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will always bring to your remembrance. If you'll pay attention, you know, even when against the, the tricks of the enemy, the things he brings our way, if you're born again, God is always working to help you out. Even though they were yielding to the wrong thing, they saw something, they interpreted it the wrong way, God still had somebody to speak truth and to repeat what God had said. The Holy Spirit will do the same thing for you, but we've got to listen for that. And he spoke through these men, reminded them of his promise of what he was able to do. They still had to make a choice. 
He went on to say, verse 9, only don't rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Notice he, he, he said here that a, a going by fake news or taking this, uh, this false narrative is actually rebelling against the Lord. It's rebelling against the Lord. And it's something that we've got to stand against. We, got to, we have to know what things really are. You know, we choose to side in with, with the, th- the way things look and be motivated by that. It's actually rebelling against the Lord. But we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside. We can live above that, right? We can live free from these things, and God will move us forward. Amen? You go over into the, uh, uh, into the 36th, chap- verse of, verse, or 36th verse of chapter 14. goes on to say, of course, you know, what their, the result was of their uh, listening to this fake news. Now, the men who Moses had sent out to spy out the land, who returned, made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land. So he's called fake news. He's called it uh, rebellion. He's called it a bad report, an evil report. Verse 37, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of, uh, son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunin, Jeff, Jephunin, or however you say his name, I'm glad for the name Greg. It's way better than, than that name, uh, remained alive, all of the men who went out to spy out the land. So we can see here, you know, choosing to believe what we choose to put our trust in will affect how our lives are lived. Now, this is an example of, of hearing fake news and responding the wrong way. Go over to Romans chapter 4, Romans the fourth chapter. And let's look at another example here. These are, these are things that are here for our example and, and to be good examples to us to live by. And so in Romans, the fourth chapter, we're going to start over in the, uh, uh, we'll go over to the, let's look at the 16th verse. It says, therefore, it is a faith that might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, now this is real news, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who he believed God, who gives life to the dead, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed, the new living said, says even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. I like that. When there was no reason to hope in the natural, Abraham kept hoping. So he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, fake news alert, already dead. He didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old or fake news alert, the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced of what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Notice, once again, real news and fake news. I found that there's always the mixture of the two. There's always the mixture of the two. Whenever uh, uh, God's word comes, the enemy always wants to come with something, something contradictory. You've got to make a decision what you're going to listen to. You've got to make the decision what you're going to listen to. Really, this the one thing God can't do for you is make your own mind up for you what you're going to listen to. 
How many times have we been faced with something, a promise, something God has said, but everything else says something different? I know in my own life, I'm thinking about something right now that there's been some fake news and I've got a choice. What am I gonna believe? What God has said or what circumstances say? What am I gonna believe? What, what, what am I gonna take as truth? What am I gonna hold on to? What God has promised me through his word, what he's revealed to me through his spirit, or what does the circumstances look like? Nobody can make that decision but me for my life. Nobody can make that decision for you but you and your life, right? But we've got the grace of God on us to do it, but it's still a choice what we're gonna listen to. It says he didn't, uh, uh, not being weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body, fake news already dead, since he's about 100 years old, or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. The, the enemy's purpose is to cause us to waver the promises of God. That's where fake news, why it's there, why he's bringing these things our way. The 20th verse in the Amplified Bible says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. No untrust or unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question. See, the thing is, the enemy, if he can begin to get you to even question, then he's got you headed in the wrong direction. You've got to recognize fake news from the jump, what it is, and deal with it from the very beginning. Anything that would cause you to question the promises of God, you've got to deal with it at that very moment. The Young's literal of, of that verse says, And at the promises of God, he, Abraham, did not stagger in unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? Having given glory to God. And so when the opposition comes your way, when fake news comes, you got to begin to glorify God and glorify what he said to you. Begin to magnify the things that he said to you. Are the promises of God real in your life? Are they on your mouth? Are they on your lips? Are they things that you're saying repeatedly? You know, I think of, uh, of you guys with Walker, you know. I remember one of the things you said when the doctors would say something. You were immediately, nope, I hear what they're saying, but we're going to continue to thank God. We're going to continue to praise God. What are you doing? You are choosing what news to be replaying in your life. And when you do that, you're strengthened in faith, whereas the opposite causes you to, to be weak by considering something. Uh, that, the definition of that word stagger, and I just thought this was interesting, the, the stagger means to walk, to move, or stand unsteadily, to falter or begin to give way, as in an argument or a fight, to begin to give way. Uh, the word consider there is the definition is to think carefully about or especially in order to make a decision to contemplate, reflect on, to regard or deem to be true. Uh, this one I like to consider as a possible suggestion for sake of discussion. Fake news wants us to discuss something. If, the, if Adam and Eve, if Eve would not have had a discussion at the fake news that the serpent brought, if there had been no discussion there would have been no defeat. The children of Israel, had there been no discussion, because what did it say? What in, ver in chapter 14, the first verse, they began to wail, they began to, to cry. What is that? They're discussing it, right? How many know victory, a voice of praise is a discussion positive, and a whimper and a whine is a discussion in the other direction, right? And they were discussing the wrong thing. What were they doing? They began to stagger, begin to give way, begin to contemplate. 
We have to stand against these things. Consider a possible suggestion for sake of discussion. What do we do with fake news? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you can look at it. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And I know these are things that we know, but it's not things we necessarily always do. But I tell you, the victory is not in the knowing, it's in the doing, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I think Steve might have read this scripture last week. I don't remember, but 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What do you do with fake news? Casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We can never permit a mental picture of failure in our life. Can never permit a mental picture of failure. Oftentimes people don't get into the fight because they picture the worst outcome. They picture the worst outcome and they never get into the fight because they're afraid of the, of the worst outcome. Any mental picture that causes you to draw back, anything that brings doubt into your life, you have to resist those things. I think Brother Hagin, in one of his books, he said this. He said, eradicate every image, suggestion, vision, dream, impression, feeling that does not contribute to your faith. You have to eradicate those things. Had the children of Israel immediately answered the fake news they heard, no matter who the leaders were that brought them their direction, they would have had total victory. But the entertaining of these things caused them to be weak, right? So what news are we to listen to? Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Eighth verse says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. The Message Bible says, summing it up, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on true things, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I tell you what, our thoughts are so important. Where we go with our thoughts, what we allow in our minds, what we meditate on are vital to our success. Like I said, I've had some fake news come my way and you, you've got to be deliberate. You've got to be deliberate. What are you going to focus on? What are you going to listen to? Every thought that's contrary, you've got to answer it with what has God's word said. What's the true report? What's the real news? What has God said? And every other report's a lie. That's where our victory comes from. Amplified says, for the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on, I like this way, and take account of these things, fix your mind on them. I like weighing those things. We know how to weigh evil reports. How about weighing the good report? I know it looks like this, and your mind wants to go, how bad could it be? How about how good could it be? That's why he wanted them to bring back samples from the land as an example of how good it could be. 
Had they, had they listened to that, they'd have had their victory, but yet they listened to something else. There's a lot of good reports we can listen to, a lot of things that we can, we can focus on. I'm just going to leave you with a few things tonight. We're going to be short. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. I know it's one that I'm, I'm continuing to focus on. By his stripes, I was healed. How many know you need to have the healing scriptures and the healing report of the Lord in your sight 24-7? Amen. Even when you're not going through something, when everything's looking good, keep that report in the front of your mind so that when the doctor says this or the enemy brings that, you've got the good report and it is fresh to you. By his stripes, I was, you was, we were healed. Amen. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One of the things the enemy will do is say, I know what God has said, but you can't do that. I understand what, what, what God has said to you, but you're not able to do it. Has he ever told you that? That applies to somebody else, but it doesn't apply to you, right? That's a lie. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Psalms 23, go over there and look at this one. Psalms, the 23rd chapter. Psalms chapter 23. Now, this was David speaking here, and I, I, I know we all know this, but I, I love the things that are in here. Psalms, the 23rd chapter. The four, first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's he doing? He's declaring some real news. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He wasn't saying that there was an opposition. He wasn't sticking his head in the sand and saying, oh, there's nothing, no problem, no opposition here, no opposition here. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What is a valley of the shadow of death? It's just a proclamation of fake news. It's a shadow of something. It's not it, it's a shadow of something. The day though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Any news that causes us to lose heart, that's news we ought to ignore, right? For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here, here David answers the fake news. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, right? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He started with the right news. He acknowledged, what, he acknowledged what it looked like, but he said, listen, I don't care what it looks like. This is what the real news is. This is what I'm going to stand by. These are things that we know, but they're things we must do. What are you facing? What report has been brought your way? You got to answer it with the right news. You got to keep it before you. Keep it in front of you. When, when the enemy brings something up, remind him what God has said. Remind yourself what God has said. Stand on these things. I tell you, if you'll do that, victory is yours. Amen? This belongs to us, but this is part of our fight. I found this, that the number one fight is this right up here. This is our number one fight right here. This is where battles are won. This is where battles are lost. Right here, what we're going to dwell on. What we give our attention to, where our minds go, what we allow to dominate our thoughts. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's the power of thinking God's thoughts. And agreeing with the report of the Lord and not accepting anything other than what God has said. Amen? There's victory here for us. Amen? 
2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ. Romans 8.31, what shall we say then? If God be for us, who or what can be against us? I just want to encourage you tonight, make sure you're listening to the right thing. Make sure you're listening to the right thing. Make sure your ears are tuned in. You can develop in such a way that a, a, a fake report sounds bad to you. It can be irritating at the sound, right? I don't know if you ever, your kids, when they're little, right, when they whine, it's irritating. When they, the children of Israel were whining in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, they should have been irritated by the sound, right? Let's, let's make sure we keep the whining and the fake news irritating and God's word, the thing that we hone in on, right, that we zero in on. Let's stand up. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we're thankful for your word tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we are grateful. Hallelujah. For your word, Father, we're thankful for what you have said. Hallelujah. And we choose to trust in and to look towards you, Father. We're so grateful. Hallelujah. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. Hallelujah. For the truth of your word and what are your promise, Father. Every word will be accomplished. Every word will be done in our lives. Every word, will it'll be just as you said it. Hallelujah. We declare that to be the truth. We declare that in our lives, Father, we lay hold of those things. Father, we thank you for it. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.